District of Conservation is sponsored by CFACT. To learn more about our sponsor, head over to CFACT.org. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Hey, everyone. I have a special bear-themed podcast for you all on this Tuesday, and we're joined by Joe Candilas of the Western Bear Foundation and Douglas Bowes, who is very heavily involved in the efforts in Washington State to repel some of the latest moves to curb their spring bear hunt. So, gentlemen, why don't you briefly introduce yourselves for my listeners if they're not already familiar with your work? Joe, go ahead. Yeah, this is uh, Joe Candilas. I've uh, been on the, the podcast a few times. I'm the uh, president of Western Bear Foundation, which I guess just means I'm the, the chief volunteer for our group. And, you know, this is right up our alley as far as things that we are aiming to stop. And what our uh, foundation is all about is ensuring a future for bears and bear hunting. And and uh, this this effort in Washington to stop the spring bear hunt is something that we're um, we're, we're very upset about, so. And my name is Douglas Bose. I'm the author of The Ultimate Guide to Black Bear Hunting, as well as a couple other bear hunting books and uh, kids' books. Um, I am just an average bear hunter in Washington State who is um, vocal about being upset about this recent vote to uh, cancel spring bear hunting in the state. And I am just trying to get people involved and vocal and, and make connections at the Department of Fish and Wildlife to change this vote um, and to keep a close eye on the commission um, and just be kind of active, um, which I would encourage every other hunter nationwide to do the same in their state and their region for what they are passionate about. Excellent. What I had read so far about their decision about the fish and games decision. It doesn't seem rooted in science, obviously. And I think the bear population is between 25,000 to 30,000. So if the bear population is that high, and I think I saw that tags will be offered to maybe 600 some odd different hunters. And this has been going on. And that's kind of the number that the scientists and wildlife biologists had come to agree with. Why did they rule against the available science? So it's almost like a perfect storm type of situation. Um, the commission kind of dictates policy with hunting regulation to the Department of Fish and Wildlife. And the commission is appointed by the governor. The governor happens to be an environmentalist. Uh, currently, there are supposed to be nine people on the commission, similar, similar to like the Supreme Court. But right now, there's only eight. And so when the vote came up for the spring bear, it went four yes and four no, with the ninth not being appointed yet. And so there was no tiebreaker. And evidently in the law that if there is a tie, um, it just cancels the season. Um, and so that is kind of what happened in this situation. As far as them not following the science, I think it's fairly obvious in a couple of the no vote statements um, that they never intended to follow the science in the first place. Because if they were going to follow the science from the Department of Fish and Wildlife Biologists and the advice of the commission commissioner himself, the leader of the Department of Fish and Wildlife, they would have continued the spring bear hunt, which has been successful and needed um, for the last several decades. Um, and you can you can check out the the commissioner's statements online, but it basically says, at least one of them, Lorna Smith, she had admitted that she found spring bear hunting unethical, and that was the basis for her vote. 
And so if you start out with the basis of your vote thinking that spring bear hunting is unethical, what science is going to make you change your mind? Joe, how come the organization decided to step in here? Well, for several reasons. Uh, the first one is a loss of opportunity immediately triggers us to go into uh, attack mode and, and try and figure out how we can prevent a loss in opportunity. Because, you know, as as one of the only bear hunting advocacy groups out there, um, it's our job to, you know, be on the lookout for these things and then ensure that we're doing what we can, if we can uh, do anything about it uh, to prevent it. And, and, you know, this, this didn't just happen. Um, this came up and, and Douglas will be able to, to verify. There was a, there was a comment period a while back on this and some concerned citizens that don't hunt pushed back and wanted more time to comment. And so they opened it back up for comment period. And in that time, the one of the commissioners or several, I'm not sure, but I know of one was lobbying with anti-hunting groups to get them to comment. So to me, that's wrong in itself. When, when you got someone working for the commission and then out publicly or behind closed doors trying to get people to come and sign against a bear hunt, uh, shouldn't happen. And so we, we saw this uh, working on this for a while, and, and it finally came to where, unfortunately, where they canceled the season because of the vote. And now all of a sudden, we're, everyone's upset and mad, and we're trying to figure out a way we can turn this around. And, and so that was one reason. The other reason is when you look at black bear management or bear management, you know, Washington's a prime example of this. One of the highest populations of black bears in the, in the lower 48, if not the highest. Um, California is probably up there. Washington has a ton of bears. They have a very conservative spring season. Um, they have more bears in Montana and Wyoming, and, and we have open spring seasons. So they're already managing it very conservatively. And we thought, well, that's fine. All doing this, their populations are stable or increasing and healthy. So the science shows that hunting is not doing uh, anything detrimental to black bear populations. And we are a science-based conservation group. So we said, why are we not listening to science here? Why are we ignoring it for political basically political and, and for a few commissioners feelings, uh, personal beliefs, not, not the science. And, and that's wrong. Douglas, was this first brought up by outside groups like the humane society and petitioned before the commissioners? How did this come about? So every, every year, every couple of years, there are various changes to state regulation for hunting. Sometimes they'll adjust permits. Sometimes they'll change dates. Sometimes it's as simple as the wording um, in the regulations. And for spring bear, this time around, when the Department of Fish and Wildlife showcased what they plan to change for spring bear, it was, hey, we have 10 permits that we allocate for this um, bear management unit on the coast. We want to drop it down to six tags because there's some overcrowding issues with hunters the problem is is that it's a it's a bear human conflict type of situation so they're trying to get rid of some of the bears in that area but like i say a maximum of 10 bears for a, a large game management unit and the other issues are we want to clarify some wording in the regs for successful spring bear hunters for them to check the hide and the teeth and the skull with the department it's just like clarification stuff 
So the average hunter would look at that and be like, all right, they might take off a couple of, you know, tags of an obscure unit, but that's not a huge deal. It's from 10 to six and then some wording. So I'm going to put in my comments online and be like, hey, you know, I support this. We should probably have a spring bear tag over the counter because anyone who hunts bears locally knows that we have a ton of bears and they do a ton of damage. Um, and so that was kind of the comments that I saw during the original comment period. It was like 70, uh, 70 pro bear hunting to 30% against. Um, and that's what I saw. But then they extended the, the period like Joe had said, which I found odd because they normally don't do that. And then they also took public comment online during a Zoom meeting during the second Friday, the second weekend, one of two weekends that we have to hunt modern firearm deer which, you know, it, it, it could be coincidence. It might not be, but a lot of people were out traveling to and from deer camp or already out in the woods and, and weren't going to put in on it because they already left their comments for, like I say, the small amount of tags that might've been reduced in the first place. And since kind of the vote has materialized, you guys have put out a petition and you've accrued of this listenership or of this episode, I should say over 17,000 signatures. You guys have bumped up that number to 25,000 by having this petition. Are you guys going to be able to make the case back to the commissioner saying, see, there is widespread support to reinstate the hunt. Please reconsider. What is your hope with this Douglas, before I move it back over to, to Joe? Uh, my hope with this is kind of twofold. Um, one Due to the comments that Commissioner Smith had made in her email and online publicly stating that her base opinion was that spring bear hunting was unethical against fair chase because the bears that we hunt are evidently starving and lethargic, um, I think she should be removed from the commission. She has not been uh, confirmed by the legislature yet. She has been appointed, but that appointment gives her the right to vote, so I think she should be removed. Uh, prior to get her off of there. I don't think she has a uh, non-biased view. Um, secondly, with that, I would like for them to reconsider and actually have a full nine member and do a, a full vote instead of a 4-4 split possibility, which is required by law in the first place, to my knowledge. Um, so I would like her removed, and I would like an actual vote. Um, now, do I think that's going to happen? I don't, but you know, I'm not going to sit here and be quiet about it either. I'm going to be a thorn in someone's side to make sure that we're heard. Um, I really think that the hunters were kind of blindsided and bamboozled into thinking that this was just a minor issue and not to pay much attention to it. Joe, do you see this as a trend that is going to be coming to more state wildlife agencies, especially in kind of more preservationist leaning states, although they do allow for hunting activities, but is this a trend that people need to be aware of? Absolutely. And, and, and because these are government appoint our governor appointed positions, you really see the, the governor elections weigh heavily upon wildlife management because these appointees by the governor like Douglas said, you know, when you got an environmentalist governor that's a preservationist, he's going to appoint people who are like-minded. He's not going to appoint conservation, hunting-based or, you know, science-based conservationists. He's going to appoint people from his from his uh, little world. And you see it even in, on, on the other side of things in states where they're, they're, they're appointing people that are going to manage wildlife for money. 
and not for sustainability. And so I'm seeing it across the United States that have these game and fish commissions, not only in Washington. My fear is in Washington, we're already leaning the wrong way too much. I've listened to all her, uh, the commission meetings since she's been on and, and she is blatantly anti-hunting in my opinion, especially when it comes to predators absolutely does not want to see predators harvested and, and just ignores everything being told to her. Um, and, and she knows better than everyone else. And so she's a contrarian when it comes to the, the hunting world. And, and, and she's going to be a big problem for uh, the commission over there and for sportsmen in Washington. And I'm actually very fearful for what is to come going forward. Do you think it could be made into a political issue? I know there are elections coming up next year in much of the country, and sometimes it is hard to get wildlife issues on people's radars. I think it partly played a role here in Virginia. We thankfully lucked out of having preservationist lawmakers coming into office. We did the opposite, thankfully. And I know across the country, people may be paying attention, and maybe this is one of many issues people care about. I know there are lots of issues that people care about. But if this were to be a galvanizing issue, how do you guys hope to do that? And then I think maybe more broadly, either of you could answer this, but do you think that even those who don't support bear hunting or who don't partake in bear hunting, but support general hunting, why do they need to care about this, about kind of the politicization of wildlife management? So maybe answer those two questions, prongs, as best as you guys can with that, about why it's important to pay attention to who you elect, if that's going to be a focus of maybe hunters and organizations like yourselves going into next year and why people have to care about incremental bans to hunting, even if they don't partake in bear hunting. Yeah. You know, the, the, it starts with, with trapping and bear hunting and, and it, it just starts there, right? It, it doesn't end there that they get their foot in the door and then it just goes to, so the next thing's going to be cervids or ungulates and, and it's just a downward spiral. And once they get their foot in the door and you lose a right, it's hard to get it back. And so when we see this political movement for wildlife management, um, you know, the real challenge that we have are in states like Washington, Washington and Colorado and Oregon, where the population is very left leaning. And there is a large amount of people that don't hunt and that don't understand hunting. Not many of them are probably anti-hunting, but they just don't hunt or they don't understand it. And so they vote Democratic or left, typically. And so when you have that large population doing that, it's almost impossible for sportsmen to sway it because they live in a state that they're so outnumbered. You know, I live in Wyoming where we'll always vote with someone that's going to be uh, with wildlife and, and, and conservation and sportsmen uh, on the forefront. But we're lucky that way. Not every state is like that. And so as sportsmen, you know, we can't just wait for other people to do this work for them. We have to galvanize and organize and, and play the same game that they're playing. We have to get in the political arena and play the same game they're doing or we're going to lose. Douglas, what about your thoughts? Uh, a couple of things. One, um, you know, Governor Inslee, he is on his last run. He can't run again for uh, governor which is good for our state. But the question is, is who are we going to get after that? And so that's a scary thought. And Joe is right. The problem with Washington and some of these other states is that the large population centers, for example, Seattle, Tacoma, those are predominantly liberal and they vote democratic and they basically run the state. When in reality, geographically wise, um, 
there's a lot of Washington that's fairly conservative, especially on the eastern side of the state. Um, so it, it it's like Seattle, the I-5 corridor kind of showcases or runs the state when in reality it's it's almost a poor example of of what geographically a lot of people want. It's it's different. Um, and as far as speaking up, you know, if if you don't hunt bear, um, say you fish with a fish finder, what if someone finds that unethical? Uh, the last commission meeting I paid attention to last week was in regards to elk in the Blue Mountains in Washington and their low numbers. And the Department of Fish and Wildlife said, well, hey, um, you know, cougars kill 70% of elk calves of their first year. Only 11% of those elk calves make it to their first winter. And not even through the first winter, but make it to the first winter. And so the department, you know, it wants to continue cougar hunting and maybe increase it, this or that in the blues. And instantly it was, well, it's not the cougar's fault. It's probably the hunter's fault. Well, if you take out one hunter, you might save one elk. If you take out one cougar, you're probably saving 40 plus elk in that year because that's about how many they kill. Um, so, you know, this is going to have ramifications throughout hunting and fishing and stuff like that. You've got to start paying attention as hunters and fishermen to what's going on behind the scenes, because if it's if it's not bear hunting, if it's not something you care about now, it's going to be something you care about real soon. Anything else you want to add to that, Joe? No, I think he hit it right on the head. And and when you see this trend of there's so much power with these game and fish commissions, they control everything. And and that that whole thing with the cougars, it's it's so frustrating to me that you have sportsmen that would pay to manage the resource, but they have a mess right now because they're trying to manage it uh, at the municipality level and the department's trying to manage it rather than having more people in there harvesting these cougars. And so you just see that that's the beginning of this whole process of eliminating hunting in the United States. And, and it's one thing at a time. And the power of these commissions is huge. Um, you get one or two bad commissioners that are going to vote against hunting and you'll, you're in trouble. And so every single sportsman out there needs to pay attention. A lot of people say, well, my vote doesn't matter. Your vote matters when you are voting and, and, and the people that you vote for can appoint uh, district court judges and they can appoint commissioners because that affects wildlife. And it's a sad state of affairs, but politics politically we're in a world now that it is affecting wildlife who you vote for. And they're ignoring science because they know they have the backing of bigger organizations like the humane society that'll get online and get 50,000 comments in. Um, and then why they're listening to comments from the public from people that are anti-hunting on a Wyoming game or on a Washington game and fish commission is beyond me in itself. They, they should not be putting that much emphasis on public comment from across the United States when it's clearly uh, manipulated. I mean, that's just silly. And I'd like to add something to that really quick, because we've talked about, we've talked a lot about they're ignoring the science. Well, just really quick. So for example, in Washington state, we issue 665 roughly spring bear tags a year, give or take. Uh, last year, 145 bear were taken out of those 665 tags, which even if you go on a very low conservative estimate of, hey, we have 20,000 bears, that's a fraction of a percent of the total population. 
it is not going to affect the overall bear population whatsoever in regards to decline or increase, or as far as I should say decline goes. Um, you know, if you're taking under 1% of the total bear population in a spring bear hunt, what effect is that going to have? They've simply ignored the science and they listened to, like Joe had said, public comment from the Humane Society Army uh, from across the nation. So it's a, it's a sad state of affairs when that's what we're left with. And what that tells me, just to chip in here, is there's a, a large amount of commissioners that don't have a clue about conservation because they are leaning on public input to make a decision for them. And that and that's sad when you have a commissioner that doesn't understand what conservation is on the landscape and they're, they think they know and that they're working for a larger organization. And, and that's an important thing, too, when these commissioners get appointed is what's their background? What organizations have they been tied with? And and we have to start holding them accountable. The big thing with this petition, will it make a difference? No, but it will notify that that commission that look, dude, we are here in full force and we are going to hold you accountable from now on. And you're not going to make choices like this. And, and aside from the petition, there's been thousands of people write letters. Uh, our foundation wrote a letter to the commission uh, asking for her removal. And we also wrote a letter to the governor. So, I mean, there's been a lot of that going on too. And I know they're seeing it as Douglas knows, uh, when you get called out in a commission meeting, that means you're, you're making some waves and you're doing the right thing. And so maybe we lose this little battle, but it's about the bigger picture. It's the war that we have to try and win. Absolutely. And we will see possibly, I think maybe more Hunter involvement. I'll keep a close eye on it from my view here in the DC metro area. But I think a lot of hunters, I wouldn't say a lot of hunters, but there are certain people who like to focus on really minuscule items, maybe not big picture battles. And they love to get into arguments and fights with other hunters about who's the superior hunter, what's the right type of hunting. And that's really minor in comparison with the threats to your ability to hunt. In my view, even as a new hunter, I've been doing this for about four years, but from a journalistic standpoint, I just see that there should be more of a prioritization on this because like you both have said, incrementally, if you ban different forms of hunting, likely it's not going to come back unless you have the right state leadership, people who have true conservationist interests in mind. And I think too many people get suckered into these internal quabbles that really don't matter at the end of the day, or they try to say, well, we're the right type of hunter. You're not the right type of hunter. And when push comes to shove for real attacks on, let's say public lands access or hunting access, they're usually nowhere to be found unless they're really pressured into finally putting a stance out there. So I hope scares like this in Washington state, I know what happened in California when they had that bill for consideration, they started to back off of that, but I would hope more hunters of all stripes and, and, and different interests start to galvanize support behind this. I don't know what would happen in terms of the commissioners, how to sway them, but maybe you guys now have some newfound kind of momentum to create some sort of movement politically and off podcast offline. If you need some advice, maybe I can put you in the right direction because I think there is interest by people to create packs or something to, to generate interest. But I would hope this is a moment that people are able to have um, kind of an interest to, to really take, importance into this and have a stake in this because it could come to any state and having hunters from all over the country banding together is extremely important. Are, is there any other thing you guys want to add? Like, what do you think the next steps will be uh, for Washington state and just bear conservation at large? 
Well, um, going back to kind of what you said, I, I would just encourage anybody who's on online, on Facebook, on a forum, whatever, complaining about anything regards to hunting, politics, take that effort that you are putting forth and at least make it equal to or greater an effort forth uh, emailing or calling the commission, the governor, uh, your commissioners or governors, even in your own state to make sure that this does not continue and does not happen in your own state. Don't just waste your time and energy uh, online venting. Harness it to maybe have some good. Um, as far as the next steps go, uh, it's tough to say. I mean, if it gets canceled until 2023, I think their meeting prior to that, they are going to have a lineup of hunters um, waiting to let them know their thoughts. Um, my hope is that it gets uh, reconsidered in January or shortly thereafter, um, but it, it's really just hard to say. My, my goal, like I said, is to get Lorna Smith off the commission and to get a reconsidered vote and just um, keep a very close eye on what these commissions are doing in every aspect of fishing and hunting. Because I can promise you there's not just the elk and cougar, but there's a lot of stuff in the back that I can't really talk about yet until I get my Freedom of Information Act um, available that I know is going on that hunters really need to pay attention to. There's a lot of stuff going on. So just pay attention to your state and be vocal for ours because we'll be vocal for yours when the time comes. Joe, how about yourself? Anything else you want to chime in on? No, I think you hit it on the head. You know, we as sportsmen have to align uh, and, and quit squabbling. You know, bear hunters are a, fin a fickle bunch. We, we are always fighting over uh, bait hunting and spot and stock hunting and hound hunting and who's better and whatnot. And, and, and it's hard because we get segregated and segmented. And when our population segmented, we're not as strong. And what I, I will say I have seen in the, maybe because of California and Washington, uh, uh, a more um, unified effort with all bear hunters and sportsmen to try and combat this, because I think people are starting to see like, Hey, Whoa, you know, this is legit. Like before it was a tactic, maybe used to scare, but now they're actually passing things that are affecting my hunting heritage. And so I think we're starting to see this change a little bit where we're seeing people unite and even non bear hunters are like, I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say, Hey, I don't even bear hunt, but what's next. I'm, I'm I'll, I'll submit a comment. And it's just great to hear that and see that. I think, you know, like this whole thing, like Douglas said, was almost like under the radar because a lot of us and our, our foundation commented in the prior comment period, and you kind of think it's over. And then all of a sudden there's a vote and you're like, well, I didn't even know this was going on. And so you as sportsmen have to take it as a responsibility to pay attention to your commissions to pay attention to your governors, to pay attention and hold them accountable. And you have to know what's going on because they will make things happen like that. And not all commissions are bad, right? And not all commissioners are bad. You know, I just saw something in Montana I thought would never happen. They passed a hound hunting season for black bears. I mean, that was something that we never thought we'd ever see. And so it's not always bad, but that was a lot of proactive sportsmen getting involved there and, and getting it done. And so things can change and things can be worked on with these commissions, but you can't rest on your laurels at all. That's very true. We had a scare of them trying to ban predator hunting or predator contests in Virginia. Now that we have a new administration coming in, we're not going to see 
that crazy stuff materialize, I think we'll see some opposite things happening. We still have Sunday hunting on public land still looming. The fact that they still had these crazy blue laws in effect mind boggled me, but I take my blessings because it's a pretty pro hunting state here in Virginia. And yeah, anyone listening, regardless of where they live, East coast, West coast, you really do have to pay attention to who is running your wildlife agencies. I think in most states, for the most part, the commissioners will have hunters interest in mind, but then the typical suspects like out West in the Pacific Northwest and a little bit in the Northeast, you don't have as friendly of commissioners. So it may be a little more challenging to sway them, especially since they are appointed by governors and they're not really directly elected by citizens. But there are, I think, maneuvers. I think you could find ways to recall bad commissioners. I don't know what Washington law says, but I know in some instances you can recall bad actors, maybe, um, in the case. So you guys could look into that, too, if that option is available. But where can everyone connect with both of you guys and learn about your respective affiliations, organizations, and anything else that is important? Go ahead, Joe. Okay, I'll go ahead. Um, well, you can find me on Instagram, just Bows and Bears, uh, my last name and Bears. Um, you can find me on Facebook under Douglas Bows. Um, and while we're waiting uh, for Joe to get unmuted, I think just real quick, I would encourage any sportsman to just join any sort of hunting political action group that tickles your fancy, whether it's Ducks Unlimited, whether it's uh, Western Bear Foundation, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, Mule Deer Foundation, just Sportsman's Alliance, Sportsman's Alliance, uh, Blood Origins, you know, any of those people just join and support because they're going to need finance to fight these things. Um, these things aren't cheap to fight in court um, and money talks. So um, anyway, that's where you can find me um, and I'll take it over to Jim. Yeah, sorry I missed that. Um, yeah, you guys, uh, anyone can find us on on all the social media platforms. I'm not, we're not very active on Twitter. I don't understand that one that good, but uh, Instagram, Facebook, we have a website, WesternBearFoundation.org, and and you know we're trying really hard to call these issues to call them out so people can get on board and, and, and start fighting them regardless of where they're at. It is a challenge. There's 50 States and, and things happen pretty quick, but we're doing our best. And so if you follow us, we usually have uh, uh, calls to action uh, where we need help and support and, and that can get you involved right away immediately. Excellent. Those will be included in the show notes for everyone. And we'll put that out on social media as well as it relates to the episode. We want to thank both Joe and Douglas for coming on to talk about this very timely issue. I hope it gets resolved and calmer heads prevail, especially when it comes to really timely subjects like this and sensitive subjects like this, because yeah, once hunting opportunities are taken away, it's very hard for them to recover. So thank you both and keep up the good work. And I'll do my best here from the East coast to help you guys draw awareness to the issue. So let me know how I can be of help. Thanks, Gabriella. Yeah, thanks for having us on. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you're following us on your preferred podcast player. We like to recommend Apple Podcasts because Apple is where most of our listenership hails from. So if you head over to Apple, subscribe, comb through some episodes and leave us reviews, we'd be more than appreciative of your support in that manner. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to never miss a beat nor a guest announcement. And you can connect with me personally on my social media feeds. All of the Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram links that I have are all denoted by 
blue check marks. Really easy to find me. So engage with me there. I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you want to recommend yourself for the show as a prospective guest, I'm all ears to hear and sift through different inquiries. I get a lot of requests and my schedule is also quite busy. So you'll see guests come from me. And I'm, but like I said, I'm always open to different guests coming on the show. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.